name is Patrick McGillray, and I'm an experienced marathoner, ultra runner, running coach, and mindset expert. I believe mindset is the most powerful and most underrated tool you have as a runner. So I've devoted my life to helping runners like you develop the mindset you need to fuel your inner fire and become the badass runner you were meant to be. This is the Running Mind Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the Running Mind Podcast. My name is Patrick McGilvray. I'm your host, and I'm a life coach for runners. And I want to help you get better results from your running and from your life. And if you're listening to this podcast, that means you want more out of your running and your life. And I hear you. That's why I created the Runner's Edge. The Runner's Edge is a community-based coaching and training program where I share Everything I know about mindset, building mental toughness, gaining confidence, getting your running mojo back. Basically, everything you need to get the most out of your running and out of your life. So I take the concepts I talk about here on the podcast and we take them to the next level. This is a, it's a results-based coaching program. It's all about getting results and it's designed to help you get what you want, to help you reach your goals, whatever those may be for you. So here's the deal though, most people don't take action. Most people will listen to a podcast like this, they'll hear a bunch of great stuff and they'll think, oh, that's, that's good information, you know, but they never do anything with it. They don't apply it. And so nothing ever changes for those people. On the other hand, there are people who get results. Those are the people who do something different. They take action. They take the knowledge, they take the information, they take the things that they learn and they apply them. So if you want something different from your running, if you want something different in your life, if you want different results, you have to take different action. Check it out. Go to innerfiretribe.com forward slash edge and get the edge you need to perform at your best in running and in life. All right, on to today's interview. Randy Kreil is a cool cat. I'm just gonna tell you that I like this guy. (laughs) He's a passionate ultra runner. Last year he ran 13 ultras, so that's more than one a month, including 600 milers last year in 2019. And he does it all on a plant-based diet and he does it all running in sandals (laughs) and we talk about why he does all of this stuff and his his answer is really interesting and it's not what most people say so most people say they run because it's hard they want to push themselves they want to see what they're capable of they want to challenge themselves Um, they want to move away from their past or who they used to be and Randy has kind of a different take on this. It's, it's really cool. And I'm going to let him share that with you because he, I won't do it justice by explaining it to you here. But Randy and I are like uh, fast friends and we could talk forever. And just uh, fair warning, like we laugh a lot during this interview because it's just so much fun talking with him. He's such a positive guy and super uh, fun and such an inspiration to me. So... I'm going to stop talking now and get on to the interview with Randy Kreil. Okay, today I'm talking with Randy Kreil, and uh, Randy is an interesting character. I love everything about Randy, and I first heard of him or met him 
out on a uh, trail race. I was doing a 50K. I think it was another, another damn day. 50K. Mm -hmm. yep. And we just kept, you You were kind of passing me, I was passing you. We just kept kind of uh, finding each other out there. And the reason I remembered you, because I'm like, this dude's running in sandals. Yes. <laughs> and there was <laughs> nobody else out there running in sandals. I'm like, this is interesting. But I heard you talking to uh, some people you were running with about you know, eating a plant-based diet and I'm a, uh, I eat a plant-based diet and, and I, it was just like a cool, you know, and, um, and then I would see you around at other events and stuff. And, and then I started following you on Facebook and YouTube and stuff like that. And then a couple of years ago, I was running the flying pig. I think it was 2017 and I'm running down Erie Avenue and I just hear this slap, slap, slap on the pavement <laughs> behind me. And I'm like, somebody's running in sandals. I betcha that's Randy. And sure enough, here you are, come running up behind me. We chatted for a little bit. That was really cool. But uh, <laughs> that's my introduction to you, Randy, the guy who <laughs> runs ultras, the guy who runs in sandals, the plant-based guy, the YouTube guy. Um, you're just a cool, cool cat. You know that? You really are. Oh, and uh, so I wanted to get you on here just so we could have a conversation and just talk about running, talk about ultra running and whatever else comes to mind. So Randy, thanks for being here. Well, thank you for having me. This is fantastic to finally do this. Um, not quite sure where to really start. Um, I guess going way back, I did absolutely no sports in high school. And I used to hear a lot from my parents about how I, I was a, a late bloomer. I was young, one of the youngest kids in my class in, in kindergarten and first grade. The teacher, I believe in first grade, wanted to hold me back because they could not teach me to skip. So my brothers were fantastic, popular students in high school, great athletes. I did nothing. So I kind of felt like I was not the athlete. I didn't get that gene. And so that was kind of where I came from. Uh, but then in my 20s, I was fascinated by the idea of the Ironman triathlon was becoming popular kind of back in the, the 80s. And so, so in my 20s, I started doing some biking, a little bit of running, and really had to overcome some fears in swimming to be able to do open water um, sprint distance triathlons. Never got really good. Maybe on my best day, I was in the middle of my age group, but I loved it and then kind of got away from it got into building some homes. I was busy with my job. I finally got married, had kids. And all of a sudden, I'm 42 with a cancer diagnosis. Overweight, quite a few health concerns. There were, there were a lot of warning signs. And that ended up being a huge turning point in my life um, because I had to become a lot more honest about what, you know, what caused the cancer? How could I... Um, minimize a risk of a recurrence. So mm -hmm. after a whole lot of lost sleep, kind of some, a lot, a few years really filled, filled with a lot of fear. Um, I was trying to figure it all out. And it was a few years after that, cancer was in 04, um, the book Born to Run came out and I was really ready for a lot of the messages there. And so, I started changing my diet right away. I started adopting all those changes right away. I, I ended up on a 100% plant-based diet after going, going minimalist and barefoot with my shoes. And I'm not even sure when I first realized that people could run 100 miles. I thought in a, um, 
an Ironman triathlon with, was an incredible feat. And it might have been born to run where I learned that people could actually run for 30, 40 or more miles at one stretch. And I was intrigued with it. But again, I'm not an athlete. I didn't get that gene. Never would have imagined going from, you know, my deteriorated physical condition with flat feet and broken ankles. I had a couple broken ankles um, to actually being able to do it myself. Um, but as I started adopting the barefoot and minimalist running, I noticed that my stride improved. I was finally learning how to run properly in my late forties. Uh, I had come off of a first uh, marathon at the air force marathon here in Dayton and barely stumbled across the finish line, really literally hopping on one leg. But that was before Born to Run, before reading Danny Dreyer's book, Chi Running, C-H-I, Tai Chi, Chi Running. That really taught me everything I needed to do from my head to my toes to learn how to run in a more natural, injury-free sort of way, efficient way. And um, so, you know, that changing the diet, changing the footwear. I started noticing my feet getting stronger. The midfoot got thicker. I was um, running longer distances with less energy used, I'd say. I was feeling better about it all um, and uh, losing some weight. And I even found out that my vision was actually improving. And so you know, when I initially went with this 100% plant-based diet over nine years ago, um, I didn't realize how many incredible unintended positive benefits there would be. Uh, but in my late 40s, I was told that my bifocals would get thicker. Like it just happens. That's life. But in fact, with these changes I made, um, my bifocals, I wasn't using them anymore. And I still don't. And it, so it's been nine years of improving or stable vision. My eye doctor, she's just kind of stunned. She doesn't see 57 year old patients with the way my eyes focus in and out really quick and how, how healthy they are and not needing the bifocals that I used to wear. Um, so it's just been a fascinating trip into something I never thought I was capable of doing. Yeah, that's cool. And I um, can really relate to a lot of that because I had the cancer diagnosis back in 03. And um, at that time, I was in very ill health. I was really overweight, uh, drinking too much, eating, you know, the standard American diet and was uh, very unhealthy. Uh, that, that cancer diagnosis was my wake up call, you know, wow, okay. and it, okay. yeah, it completely changed my, uh, my life. And I started running, I started eating better. I went from like eating every, you know, just the regular American diet to like going vegetarian. And then some years later going plant-based and, and for me, the, um, the running was the catalyst, you know, running was the thing that kept me on that path you know it kept right. me on the beam right. so to speak you know so i kept i wanted to do more and more like i wanted to uh you know run my first marathon and then i wanted to do uh uh start doing the triathlons and i wanted to do an ultra marathon and then so it just kind of was this thing that 
kept me moving in that direct in that healthy direction and so i i can really relate to a lot of that and i i wasn't athletic in high school either i didn't play sports or anything like that i'm very surprised they wanted to hold you back because you couldn't skip that's ridiculous. Like that's their criteria. That's their criteria of like an athlete, you know. When, when, I um, the, the, um, <laughs> when I crossed the finish line at the Falls 100 about a month and a month or so ago, only eight people finished of about 28 starters. And um, I don't know if anybody even noticed it was late at night, but I skipped across the finish line, which I, I often oh my do God, in that's honor awesome. of my uh, <laughs> first grade teacher. They're like. You know, this kid's smart and everything, but the skipping, I don't know. Yeah, I think we should just hold him back. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. I'm not sure about the smart part either. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so tell me, uh, what was your year like this year for uh, your ultras? Because this is something I wanted to kind of touch on, and I'm just going to like prompt you here because I want to hear about your okay what you did this yeah. year, what you accomplished. <laughs> it, it's been absolutely phenomenal since – uh, uh, 2011 spring, I guess, running that first 50K, another dam up in Englewood. Um, really, each year I've ramped it up. So in 18, I ran 11 ultra marathons. Can't remember how many hundred milers. Uh, and then in 19, I wasn't necessarily set, setting out to run an ultra marathon every single month but i ended up running 13 ultras finished all 13 um ran at least one per month and ran 600 milers including three which to me i consider really hard races and um it was just unbelievable i just Everything came together somehow. The weather was always just good enough to get me through. Uh, I got redemption at one of my hardest races ever. Um, Injury-free running for almost nine years. Um, it, everything just came together phenomenally. And just a couple of weeks ago, ran a 50K in Columbus uh, through lots of rocks and roots in the sandals, but with some sock, toe socks on. And... Um, finished in like eight minutes under the cutoff time. And, uh, but anyways, that made it, that made me, it put me at 13 months in a row of running ultra marathons. Um, so anyways, that, that's, I'm not fast. I'm not out there to try to be on the podium or anything, but, uh, the consistency of it and enjoying the time running as opposed to obsessing about the pace of my time is my focus. But what's become the real goal I think is to maximize the number of hours of runner's high that I experienced over a lifetime. So it makes it a really long-term goal. I, I would hope to maybe be running ultras, at least 50 Ks into my seventies, possibly beyond. Um, so I, my race, I guess is, I, I think of it different way more than five years out. Uh, I'm planning for that and I'm hoping for the best. Uh, it, and, See, like, talk, talk, talk a little bit about that. Um, that runner's high. Like, what do you, you know, different people have different interpretations of what that means. Tell me what that means for you. Um, sometimes it's pretty subtle, um, but obviously there's a lot of biochemical changes that happen. And I, I, I guess what I've noticed is if I work hard enough and execute the plan, and I can really increase my odds of a runner's high, but it's basically a euphoric feeling. And it can happen really any time during a run. Um, and it, it varies at a hundred miler, but, um, 
I think when I got truly hooked at 100 milers was at my very first one. And, you know, I think we started at about 7 a.m. And by 7 p.m., it was dark and the coffee was coming out and I had gone past 50 miles. So I noticed, gosh, once I made it to 50 and everything was still working, then I'm counting down from 50. So my mindset mindset shifted big time. And so counting down from 50 was a big, uh, um, I don't know, it, it was a boost to my energy level. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I, I got some fluids in me, took care of a little dehydration, started feeling better. Um, but then the coffee came out about the same time, all these things were into play. The weather was good. Um, a runner's high kind of kicked in and it just went for hours. And I, one thing that sticks out in my mind was, I don't know what time it was. It might've been one, two, three in the morning, uh, running by myself on a course I'd never been to, uh, no pacer, no crew, just went around a hundred mile race near Harper's Ferry, um, West Virginia. And I was just on this crazy high come into this aid station just kind of hooting and hollering and i remember one of the volunteers really thought that maybe i was not on a natural high (laughs) 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 but it was just like i come in there hooting and hollering saying you know i I wish i could bottle this up and sell it because i would probably be a billionaire if i could just give this this feeling to people they wouldn't have to work for it they wouldn't have to run 60 miles or whatever um I'd be set for life, but it's not that hard. It's not that easy. And I, I think what I've been doing kind of since then is just ride, riding this way. Once I finished that hundred and in a, in a lot of pain, um, the last five, 10 miles were extraordinarily painful, but I didn't care. I knew I was coming back. And um, I don't know. I just got to the point where I realized everything that I can do in all areas of my life that would make me a better runner kind of makes me a better person in general Hmm. and so kind of chasing that runner's highest part of it oh man i love that you just said that because i tell people all the time so i work as a life coach you know and i and i coach people through difficult stuff and through getting rid of the baggage from their past and helping them to just live the, the best life anyway i focus a lot on runners and what i say is you know, it's not about the running, it's about life. You know, the stuff we talk about, the mindset of running, running is essentially a metaphor. You know, it's a metaphor for the hard things that we have to do in life and the challenges and the things that make us stronger and the things that pushes outside our comfort zone and the things that make us grow. And I love it as a metaphor. I love just running in general too. I love that runner's high as well. But uh, it's, these same principles, when we talk about the mindset it takes to run a hundred miles, you know, the same principles apply to um, life in general. They apply right. to right. you know getting through that tough week at work, or that big project, or you know starting a business, or you know uh, going through uh, a breakup, or whatever it is. You know, like we can get through the tough stuff with the right mental toughness you know yeah yeah there's there's something special about the running uh the last injury i had was actually at at that first another damn 50k um in 2011 i didn't know that know it at the time but i ran it on a stress fracture it was a 
tibial stress fracture in the right ankle. So you can run on that, but it's really a bad idea. I just had no, I, I was so green. I didn't even understand what a stress fracture was. Um, so after the race, I could barely walk back to my car. And, you know, after three weeks of soaking it in ice, I realized it, it hurt just as bad as it did after the 50K. Finally got it x-rayed, verified it was in fact a stress fracture. So I had 12 weeks or so to recover from that point. And I rode my bike from Beaver Creek, Ohio to Cincinnati and back about 120, 130 miles. I did a lot of long distance swimming, but nothing, those things did not replicate, replicate what running does for my, my general well-being and, and feeling really good. I, it was mm-hmm. positive. I, I did what I could when I couldn't run, but it didn't replace the running. Um, so I became just laser focused on becoming, doing everything I could to become an injury free running. So I would never have to take a break from it again. And um, mm-hmm. so yeah, not, a knock on wood, I always want to knock on wood because every single step is a potential, you know, foot injury or leg injury or whatever. So um, <laughs> especially running uh, races like roots and rocks or, or whatever, like they're, yeah. <laughs> yeah cloud, cloud splitter hundred mile or out of Norton, Virginia was, the hardest one even harder than superior 100 um so yeah to run that one in sandals and and the superior in sandals it was it was a lot of fun uh, doing the doing the sandals um it, i guess i'm more known for that than anything else but um the real mm, message behind this, the sandals is we're usually best served by wearing the very least we can get away with for any given application so oh, I preferred to feel the open air on my feet and and, and run in the sandals, but a, a light pair of minimalist shoes can be even more minimalist underfoot than a thicker pair of sandals. Um, but so, yeah. And I, I, I've never run in sandals before. In fact, I was the Hoka guy for a, a long time there wearing my big, you know, as much cushioning as possible. Right. Um, but then I've I've gone back to the minimalist shoe and I, I wear like a pretty minimalist uh, you know running shoe now and I love it you know I feel it feels good it feels good to feel the the road and the and the trail under my feet you know yeah. yes um, and there's this thing about like just feeling the ground and like f- you know having that tactile sort of sensory. Uh, connection to the earth like that is just kind of cool, you know, for you, I'm sure it's even oh, like, <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, so all the, all the ultras, all the hundreds, you know, how do you stay mentally like, here's the word I'm going to use. Like, how do you keep your mojo going with with the with the constant training and the constant uh showing up for these really challenging events um i don't uh, i know a lot of ultra runners kind of glamorize the the suffering and the pain and all that and i kind of flip all that the other way i i do it mostly for fun and pleasure and adventure um sure it hurts a lot but generally i mean for a hundred mile the vast majority of those minutes, I expect to be feeling really good, if not phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think, I joke with people, semi-joking, that a, a 35 
hour hundred miler is just a, a 35 hour free full body massage <laughs> <laughs> from, the, from the feet up I'm just, it's just a body massage and so <laughs> I, I think of it differently um you know we're going back to this whole mindset thing and so i, I, I you know it goes back to what you think about and feel about you attract more of and so if i'm focused with my running on enjoying the time enjoying the place enjoying the people being fully present um there's not much i don't re really need to keep myself hyped up and motivated although i've never really had a pacer or a crew at, at um 1900 mile attempts and 15 finishes at that distance um i think i part of the reason is i enjoy the self-motivation aspect of it or even more so if i f find somebody out on a course that's struggling being able to maybe help them out it helps me mm -hmm. to feel better about what i'm doing and um, helps propel me along. I, runners, I was running with a, um, a woman who was doing her first 50K at Roots and Rocks up in Columbus a couple weeks ago. And um, she was having a blast. She finished a couple minutes ahead of me too. But um, I said, you know, it's, I just love runners because we, we push and pull each other along. And that's kind of what it's all about. I don't mind you know, if a 70-year-old woman passes me on the trail. I think it's fantastic so yeah yeah more power to them oh my gosh i hope i'm running trail you know ultra marathons at 70 years old um yeah so what you focus on you attract i love that i mean i i coach people and talk to people about that all the time when you're focused on how hard running is or when, if you might fail you know that's what you're going to get it's going to feel hard it's going to yes. you know your chances yeah. of failure go up exponentially if that's what you're focused on exactly um, so you sound like you have a pretty easygoing attitude about this stuff you know 100 miles is no joke i, I i've only done one it was two years ago and you know i remember the training, you know, when I kind of started the training season for that, you know, I trained maybe for a year or whatever, nine, nine, ten months. And I remember starting it and thinking like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I really have no idea. But at some point, you know, a few months later, I just got to this place where where I was like, I'm going to finish this. I'm you going to do it. it. I, I can do it. I, I And I it, I shifted from from I can't to I can. And no. I, and I kind of adopted this identity of like, I am a hundred miler, you know, I'm a hundred yes. mile runner. I can do this. And it shifted things for me. And then I just, the training became easier. My, my thoughts became lighter about it. And I was focused on a successful outcome. Yes. And it was, it was, you know, painful at the end, but you know, it was, uh, it was successful. Yeah, yeah. You're probably familiar with the concept of VMR, visual motor rehearsal. Have you heard of mm. that? They put Olympic athletes, uh, connected a lot of high-tech wires to them and had them run through their routines just in their minds. And their bodies reacted as if they were really doing a race. It was about the, really the power of the mind. 
And uh, so I, I always try to use that at my hundreds. It doesn't always work. I can go to a race. <laughs> I can visualize feeling the buckle and finishing the race, but I still might not finish. But usually it does work. And uh, at CNO Canal 100, I met a guy at the pre-race dinner who had run the race the year before it finally happened to have his buckle with him. And so I was just like, oh, can I, can I just check it out? Because I wanted to feel it in my hand because I'd been for months feeling what it would be like to cross the finish line and get that hardware in my hand and kind of squeeze it. So I got that feeling even before the race started, which was nice. So, Do you ever feel like during any one of your ultras, um, now you said you've had like 19 attempts and 15 finishes of the 100, right? 100, yeah. yeah. Um, so let me ask you, I'm going to ask you two questions. The first one is when you have to quit, you know, or, or you know, you're not going to make the cutoff, like what's going through your mind at that point? Um, well, disappointment, but I don't like to focus on the negative. Um, at every one of the four hundred mile DNFs, I've had, had extraordinary experiences um, at the biggest race I ever tried to do at the time, Cloud Splitter, 100 mile, which at the time was based out of Elkhorn City, Kentucky. Uh, they had to move the race. But um, for me, that was like my Leadville. It was a 40-hour race, 25,000 feet of climbing, super technical. I trained like it was the Olympics. I went out there. I was a little, a little nervous. Uh, beautiful weather. I had a great time with the runners. But I kept getting off course and it just kept happening whether I was running alone or with other people. And then in the middle of the night on a real long, lonely section in the most remote part of that course, I evidently went into the woods to use the bathroom, came out, ran the wrong way for hours. So while I've never quit a hundred mile race, I've timed out four different times. And, um, you know, I gave it my best. I made it about a hundred K at cloud splitter and, but then got a ride with some buddies back to the finish and watched all the rest of the runners come in and talked to the volunteers, talked to the locals. I just had a blast. They, they are till the very last runners came in and I'm still friends with some of those people. It's been a few years. Came, I went back to that race in 19 and finally finished it. Um, so I've had a, a case where I, I timed out at 32 hours at Mohican I ran about 99 miles and I was oh. worried that if I kept, I knew I wasn't going to make the cutoff. I knew it was a, a strict cutoff. Uh, so I pulled my bib off and took a shortcut back to the start finish because I didn't want to maybe get in trouble and sit down on, on the trail dehydrated and have to be rescued by anybody. So I, I knew I could get back to the start and that, that was a heartbreaker, but it, it was still a great story and it was a phenomenal <laughs> run. I, I was very proud of how well I ran. Uh, that was 99 miles. Um, yeah, well, 99 miles is no joke. I mean, come yeah, on. It's, yeah. like, uh, it's close enough. Let's just say close yeah, enough. Um, no, no buckle, but whatever. Yeah, so the second part of this is like, okay, so, because I've experienced this, like, have you ever felt like just quitting? You just felt like, I just, I gotta, I cannot do this. But somehow you, you mustered the, mental fortitude to go on has that ever happened to you and then like what do you what do you like do or what do you say to yourself to keep yourself going i've actually i I don't think that's ever happened 
Uh, there have been several, many, many times where I've been very fearful that I wouldn't make the cutoff. Um, or I've gotten very scared because I was off course and that can be dangerous, whatever. Who knows how long you might be lost. Um, I've been fear, fearful of not finishing, but I've never wanted to quit. Um, hmm. Any of them yet. So I, I think part, part of my whole philosophy on this running is in life is anything worth doing is worth doing less than perfectly. So I may not be the fastest, <laughs> more important to be consistent. And, and, and that's just what I'm chasing. It's, it's just, that's, that's really high. cool. I mean, that's awesome that you've never really felt like I just can't go on anymore, you know? Cause I mean, I, I think most of us have felt like that at some point. Um, and then, you know, you got to like conjure up that, I know for me, you know, I ran uh, the Hallucination 100 was my 100. Yeah, I and noticed that a, on your ultra sign-ups. Yeah, and that's a 16-mile 16, 16 loop, and so you do six loops. And then coming in off, off the fifth loop, coming into the finish area, everybody was cheering for me, and they're like, great job, And because they thought I was done. And uh, I was like, <laughs> I just got one more loop to do. And yeah. I just sort of felt dejected at that point, not because of them really, but um, my feet were killing me and just like, uh, I could barely, I could barely walk and I just didn't know how I was going to do another loop and something, you know, I, I sat down for a minute, I got some, some food or drink or whatever, and something just shifted in my mind. I was like, I am just going, I'm going to just get out there and do the best I can and finish this thing. I'm going to finish strong. And I just started running hard. Uh, I was feeling the pain, but it wasn't going to get any worse. And I was just like, I'm just going to keep going. And, and so anyway, it was just like, uh, uh, I had to pull everything I had, everything yeah, I yeah. had. You know, I, it was kind of like the training that I did for this thing, uh, helped me to build that, that endurance engine, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Now, the self-talk is critical. It's uh, like I said, I've had to dig deep a lot just, just to yeah. try to finish. Um, but I've always wanted to finish so badly that I've never, never considered quitting. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm lucky that way. I haven't needed to have a, a crew or a pacer or whatever to, to talk me off the ledge. Um, Mm. that's just been part of the challenges is learning to solve those problems more independently. Um, mm. so, um, what, what does that look like for you digging deep? Um, I like how Eric Orton is one of those allegedly top running coaches in the world, the guy from Hawk from the Born to Run uh, book and story. Um, he likes to say in his book, um, The Cool Impossible, I, I got some good training ideas out of that book, but he, he likes to say athleticism is all about awareness, uh, which you could obviously say that about just life in general. Um, so basically when you're so tired, you can barely walk. It's just really a matter of finding some gratitude that you're out there doing it, um, taking a real deep breath, taking a, a full inventory of all the feelings in the body and emotions and just doing what whatever it takes. Do I need hydration? Do I need food? Do I need to just stretch some muscles? Uh, 
do a little yoga out there in the trail, whatever it is, um, be in tune enough with yourself and fully present to solve that problem. What, what is it I need to do to keep going and then just do it and keep moving. So, um, like you said, you wanted you wanted that hallucinated hallucinogen 100 hallucination 100 buckle hallucination um, 100 yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i still don't have it i did the 100k there it was my first and only 100k so i'd, I'd like that buckle as well um but you wanted it bad enough and you you weren't gonna let up on it so you, you knew you could do it um you just dig deep and get her done yeah yeah um so you've done uh, a lot of amazing uh you've got a lot of amazing accomplishments you know you're uh you got a regular job and this isn't your profession but you you just you have this passion about running but what what have what's been like your proudest moment as a runner um, or biggest accomplishment however you want to say it that, that's really hard to pinpoint one i mean that getting superior 100 done was huge it was like a five-year bucket list goal but then earning the 500 mile club buckle at CNO Canal 100 was huge as well. Now I'm going after the the 10 year, the thousand mile buckle. But um, getting finishing the CNO Canal 100 five years in a row, five PRs on that course in a row for me, and. Um, five consecutive years and getting there at age 55, all the stars just kind of lined up. That was pretty huge. Had a phenomenal final 20 miles of that race. Uh, it was just beautiful, but all those moments are fantastic. I, um, but one of the things I love is being able to help another runner um, who's struggling. And, and in one case, it was, I think it was the second CNO Canal 100. There was a guy 67 or 68 years old who was, a legend in the ultra running community. And I can't think of his name right now, but um, he, he was the final finisher at CNO Canal that year. I think it would have been 2015. And I caught up with this fella in the dark, it was sleeting, runners were dropping left and right. Uh, it was miserable, luckily I had just enough warm clothes on. And anyways, got to talking with this guy and right away I knew who he was because I'd read all about his comeback at Pine Creek Challenge 100. And um, he had had Lyme's disease. And so he was out of ultra running for maybe eight or 10 years and had really bad knees from it, really horrible night vision. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll li listen to your stories for quite a while and I'll, I'll help get you up that. We had to do like some stream crossings and a real steep technical climb to get up to the start finish area and um he needed help with that it was kind of scary but anyway it stayed with him and on the way up the hill he stopped at one point and said well i'm gonna have to drop up here and i was like well don't don't make that decision yet once we get up there i'll wait for you we'll talk again i'll get you back down the hill if need be um and maybe 15 minutes later the race director is writing down names left and right people are dropping it's cold rain sleet it was just it was miserable uh, colder than predicted so people weren't ready and i see this guy all of a sudden sitting there with no shirt on and i was like oh what's what's up he's like well they're getting me some dry shirts and i said well that means we're going back down that hill right and yeah so i it was an honor to help this guy it might have been his last 
hundred mile distance at his age. And um, ended up taking a long time to get him down that hill, but we got him down the hill sa safely. And then he was okay on the towpath. And um, the next morning, I don't know how he got ahead of me. I, I thought maybe he dropped out, but the next morning I ended up passing him on my way into the finish and he ended up getting last place. Uh, so that was cool. Another time at that same race, I was talking with a young guy doing his first hundred miler. Uh, he had a pacer, he had a crew, he had a coach out west he was working with. He was really into it, but it was like in the 90s that day. Way, it was record high temps, re really unseasonable for the race. And um, humidity, there was pollen in the air, it, it was tough. And he was really loose in a lot of water. I was concerned for him. And we, but we talked quite a while and he, he was really interested in not only the sandals, but my diet, a whole plant-based diet and just asked just a lot of questions. And at some point I thought later, hours and hours later that he must not have made it. Um, but then at, right before the cutoff, maybe two to five minutes before the 30 hour cutoff, he comes into the finish and it was really cool to get to see him do that. And, um, but what was even better was this, several months later, I was actually on Thanksgiving day, I get a text from him saying, hey, my family, we're having our first vegan Thanksgiving. So we've been staying in touch. I've been coaching him along on diet changes and sending him lots of information. And so both him and his wife and his child were making this big diet change. So being a little part part of helping people make those kind of changes as a result of these adventures and this running, um, yet again, another unintended byproduct of all these changes is helping other people learn these things. Um, That's awesome. You've got like such a great attitude about life in general, Randy. <laughs> you really do. I, like, I, I, what, I, I, what, I what, how would you like? <laughs> how would you like what's your secret what is your like philosophy how do you stay so positive um well after uh, going through the cancer surgeries and all that stuff uh that was a pretty dark fearful time but i felt really lucky uh, to get through all that um I don't you know. I guess you use the word secret, and I, that kind of made me smile because one of my favorite documentaries is called The Secret, where they talk mm -hmm. about quantum physics and the law of attraction. A lot of the movie is pretty hokey. A lot of it's focused on money, uh, as as in turn, and rather than maybe health or fitness, which is where right. my thing is more health is wealth, and that's, so that, at this time that's more my focus. But. Um, so trying to come back from that low point, um, I, I learned from Ruth Heydrich, who Dr. Ruth Heydrich is in her 80s now, but she was a key part of the Born to Run book. And she was really the person who closed me on, on make, you know, going all in on the diet change. I picked her brain for about a week online uh, via email and I was like okay I'm going to do this 100% cold tofurkey went all plant based that was <laughs> mid December of 2010 um, so you know here's a woman who in her 40s had stage 4 breast cancer and is famous I th I'd say she's probably the most uh, world famous self healed cancer survivor 
um, brilliant woman. She's now written five books. And, you know, she'll tell you the most important thing is the four-letter word diet. Um, so, but I've been kind of approaching this thing from a mindset, attitude point of view, a healthy motion point of view, and the nutrition. And those are kind of, to me, the, the three um, fountains of youth. But that, they all work together. Um, so your topic mindset really uh, caught my attention right away because i wonder you know what's really most important uh, for ruth to heal herself from the cancer with no chemo no radiation she signed up for her first iron man she'd been a, a marathoner um and she got on this doctor who convinced her to not do chemo not do radiation simply go to an all plant-based diet of mostly whole foods and it worked within three months her cancer was fading off of her uh, body scans and then she went on to become one of the fittest women in the world um and, and was you know writing books and, and so forth with a sponsored athlete i think she got first place at the japan iron man years ago and um so anyways you know but she had to change her mindset first she had to decide mm -hmm. to sign up for an Ironman to she was going to in fact change her diet and execute on that and stick with it. Um, and she had to learn how to use her body in a health, healthy way, healthy motion combined with the right nutrition and the right mindset. Uh, but the healthy motion and the nutrition definitely impact the mindset. I know that if I'm not taking in the right nutrition, I don't feel as well. I have, if I'm not feeling well, I'm probably going to have, um, less positive emotions which is going to impact the power of the mindset so you know there's just that um kind of that yin yang to it the balance of trying to create an upwards spiral mm -hmm. uh, uh, and using all three of the fountains of youth so to speak <laughs> Yeah, I like it. That's your three-legged stool there, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you kind of need all three legs in order for for it to work, right? You know. Yeah, yeah. They um, all work together. There's a synergy. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, like I, I'm a firm believer in that you can heal, uh, you know, all kinds of ailments. You know, using the power of your mind, using the power of uh, diet, and. Uh, it's really cool stuff. Um, what's next for you? What do you got coming up? Um, my instinct is to kind of back off a little bit this year, but we'll see. I, <laughs> but I still have that streak. <laughs> yeah, but I still have that streak going of um, you know thirteen months in a row of running ultra every month. So right now I'm kind of thinking about maybe keeping that going. Uh, but Rocks and Roots fifty k is in um, February sixteenth, coming right up. Um, usually I barely finish it, but I'm hoping to get that double 50K finishers buckle three years in a row, which is pretty hard to get. Uh, the, the success ratio on that is probably a lot less than at most 100 milers. So I'm wow. uh, really proud of those, those buckles. Um, I've signed up for the seventh year in a row at CNO Canal 100 in late April, and then the Canal corridor 100 up in akron ohio for mid-july uh, but i haven't really committed to anything else yet uh, uh, lots of ideas i'm st still trying to decide what i want to do um, yeah cool 
Well, it sounds like you've got some things you're committed to, so that's awesome. It's always good to have goals out there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I know um, having a goal for runners is is kind of key. It like keeps you um, mentally uh, moving toward that goal. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Awesome. Well, this has been really, really amazing. Um, I just love talking to you and we're going to do this again because there's a lot more we can talk about. Um, but for now, where can people reach out to say, Hey, or thank you or whatever. Can we connect with you? Um, on YouTube, I just use my real name, Randy Kryle. Last name is K R E I L L. So if you plug that into YouTube, you'll see my channel and, People can comment and connect there. Uh, otherwise, I'm really easy to find on Facebook. Uh, my intention here is to get a blog going very soon and have an, another way to get my messages out to people. Um, so hopefully that will happen very soon. Um, I do a little bit on Instagram, not a whole lot, but I tr try to keep my real name in all the social media presences. Uh, so okay. pretty fine. Um, not hiding behind any aliases or anything like that. Uh, <laughs> cool. Um, a podcast is a great way to uh, get your message out too. FYI. Yeah, people have suggested that. <laughs> so, uh, uh, this has been fun, and I, I hope to do more of these. I actually wrote down almost five pages of notes for things for us to talk about. So we can definitely get together and do this again. I think if I go through these pages. Um, of those five pages, do we hit some of the stuff you wanted to talk about? I hope. Definitely, yeah. yeah hopefully, <laughs> okay. hopefully some of the high points. My main message that I wanted to get out to your listeners was um, it really to humanity is to focus on what you want. And mm. we, we don't do that. I mean, what you focus on, you get more of. So, so most people will tend to be obsessed and focusing on what they don't want in the world mm -hmm. and are inadvertently probably contributing to creating more of that. And one of the good examples I was wanting to mention was before I turned, when I turned 49, I decided on my 50th birthday, I was going to do a full Ironman triathlon, but on a do it yourself basis. So it was not an Ironman event, but it was a, the full distance. And a few months later, I ran the New Year's Eve resolution run 5K. And when I got up to leave from that, I ran real thin sandals. My heel hurt so bad. I, I thought maybe I, I had plantar fasciitis or a major running injury. I couldn't walk on it. I put it in a boot. And I realized maybe three weeks later, it still hurt. I was barely doing any running. And I had this huge 50th birthday lifetime goal coming up. And... Um, one day I just realized, you know, I'm focusing on not being injured so much. I need to flip that. And I uh, focused on, I'm going to be a healthy, happy runner and I'm going to run my do it yourself, Ironman. I'm not going to be focused on injuries and almost immediately everything shifted and it's been eight and a half years of injury free running. Um, so it's just those mental shifts, that paradigm shift to, you know, not thinking, gosh, I'm not an athlete, um, mm -hmm. flipping, flipping, flipping negatives over and staying laser focused on that, uh, um, humanity would benefit from 
getting away from the war on drugs, the war on hunger, the war on terror, and focusing on the opposites. Um, mm-hmm. What we need is a war on uh, broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> get more, yeah, you know, it, get more people consuming broccoli, I guess. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, what you just mentioned—that is a very subtle uh, devil. You know, focusing on what you don't want. Because we think we're doing the right thing. We're like, I don't want to fail. I don't want to quit. I don't want to drop out of this race. I don't want to miss the cutoff. And you just keep focusing all your effort, all your energy on that thing that you don't want. Right. It sounds like you want the opposite of that, but you're not focusing on that. And the interesting thing is at the subconscious level, the subconscious mind takes in so much and just it does what you tell it to do, you know? Right. And it doesn't really process the negative in there. When you say, I don't want to fail, all it's hearing is like, oh, fail. Okay, let's do yes. that. You know, yeah. it, it creates a picture in your mind of you dropping out or failing or tripping or, or whatever it is. And, and that's what you get. Um, and so that's a very subtle uh, but very important uh, distinction there and something that I talk to my clients about a lot because, you know, let's say somebody who's, you know, they want to lose weight. They're like, I, I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to. And, and, and they're just focusing on, on being overweight and being out of shape and, and, and being everything they don't want to be. And they just okay. keep getting more of that and they can't understand exactly. why. So yep. very, very subtle but very important distinction there. Yes. Cool. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Well, I love that. And I love uh, this conversation today. This is really cool. Thank you very much for coming on here and talking with me. And like I said, we are going to do this again. We'll deepen, we'll, we'll take a deep dive into some of those other topics you wrote notes about. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me. I love the music that you play at the beginning and at the end. So yeah. by chance, if I said anything really cool during the interview, Feel free to splice in some music. Just put in, put in a few little, (laughs) a few little guitar riffs just to go along with what you're saying. I love it. That's a good idea. I should start doing that. Awesome, Randy. Thank you so much. Hey, you're welcome. It was great talking to you. Did you know that most runners fail to reach their goals? It's not because of lack of training or lack of desire. Whether it's running faster or running farther, I believe most runners just haven't developed the mental toughness they need to get them across the finish line. That's why I created a step-by-step training called How to Build Mental Toughness and Become a Badass Runner. I want to show you how to train your mind so you can tough it out when the going gets tough. And the best part? This comprehensive training is yours absolutely free. To get it right now, just go to innerfiretribe.com slash badass and get started today.